0: Welcome to Music for Life, enhancing the Armstrong concert experience. I'm your host, Ryan Malone. In today's episode, we will explore the exquisite vocal repertoire that the Bach Collegium Japan will be performing at Armstrong Auditorium on December 4th when it teams up with English soprano Joanne Lunn. This internationally acclaimed ensemble, under the leadership of Masaki Suzuki, is coming to Armstrong as part of a rare North American tour and will be performing a wide variety of Baroque masterpieces on Baroque instruments. So stick around as we explore all these vocal works and spotlight this ensemble as well as the glorious soprano joining them today on Music for Life. When I mention the Bach Collegium Japan, one of the first things you might think is, what's a collegium? Well, Merriam-Webster defines it as a group in which each member has approximately equal power and authority. That's more the literal definition, though it has more of a general connotation simply as a society. Freedictionary.com says, a group whose members pursue shared goals while working within a framework of mutual trust and respect. And as a musical group, it follows this connotation, a society of musicians, basically. Collegium can also be pronounced collegium. But potato, potato, collegium, collegium, I'll say collegium. Last time we talked almost exclusively about the instrumental repertoire the group will be performing at Armstrong, but to start off today's program, I want to give a little background about these artists themselves. The Bach Collegium Japan was formed in 1990 by Masaki Suzuki, an internationally renowned and highly reputed Bach performer, organist, harpsichordist, conductor, and musicologist. The Bach Collegium performed frequently in Japan, but has also performed numerous places overseas from New York to New Zealand. The aim of the ensemble is to create historically accurate interpretations of Baroque music, centering on the sacred music of Johann Sebastian Bach. From the years 1995 to 2013, they recorded Bach's complete church cantatas in chronological order, a 50-volume set that achieved them great international acclaim and distinction. The Times wrote, specifically about Maestro Suzuki, "...it would take an iron bar not to be moved by his crispness, sobriety, and spiritual vigor." They perform on what we call period instruments, or instruments from the historical period of the music they are playing. This creates a unique reenactment, if you will, of these ancient masterpieces. For example, one of the key differences between the modern violin and that of Bach's day was that Bach's violin wouldn't have had metal strings but gut strings, that is, made of animal intestines or silk or other natural fibers. We've talked about this difference before, but in short, many agree that gut strings contain a warmer or darker sound, more organic perhaps is a word that's used sometimes, which is definitely noticeable in the intimate acoustics of Armstrong Auditorium, and the reason metal strings were opted for later was mainly a volume issue as metal strings project better. Now, as we said in our previous episode about this upcoming concert, the Bach Collegium Japan will be performing J.S. Bach's Orchestral Suite No. 2 in B minor, then Vivaldi's Concerto Grosso in D minor, Opus 3 Number 11, then a cantata by Francesco Conti titled Langued Anima Mea, which will feature the English soprano Joanne Lunn, then an intermission... In the second half, they will perform Alessandro Marcello's Oboe Concerto in D minor, Telemann's Paris Quartet No. 1 in D major, and then finish with Handel's Motet Silete Venti, again featuring soprano Joanne Lunn. Now, we talked about the instrumental works on our previous episode, with the exception of the Vivaldi Concerto, which we will explore here first today, and I also promised to talk about the two vocal works on today's episode. First, the Vivaldi. And then we'll spotlight our soprano before moving into the vocal works. This particular concerto by Vivaldi comes from a set of concerti published as L'Estro Armonico, or the Harmonic Inspiration. With an early publication number of opus three, it stands as his first set of published concerti. For the sake of comparison, his famous Four Seasons set of concerti are published as opus eight. The concerto we're talking about today is the 11th in this Opus 3 set, so Opus 3, number 11. It is a concerto grosso. Now, as you may recall, concerto usually implies a work for soloist and orchestra. There are actually two types of concerti concerto solo and concerto grosso. A solo concerto is more the traditional format we think of today but the Concerto Grosso featured a small group of instruments against a larger ensemble. In this concerto, the Grosso group is comprised of three instruments, two violins, and a cello. The orchestra is comprised of violins and violas, plus a continuo, which meant a chordal instrument like an organ, harpsichord, and or lute, and a bass instrument like a cello. Now, we only have time to hear a little of this, so we're going to listen to the fiery final movement. This is from a 1980 recording by the Academy of Ancient Music under the direction of Christopher Hogwood. We just heard the Concerto Grosso in D minor, Opus 3, Number 11, by Antonio Vivaldi. That was the final movement, and that is a work to be featured by the Bach Collegium Japan at their December 4th concert in Armstrong Auditorium. This will be the second major work to be featured on that program, and we were just discussing this piece and then listened to a 1980 recording from the Academy of Ancient Music conducted by Christopher Hogwood. The featured soloists in that recording were John Holloway and Catherine McIntosh on violins, and Susan Shepard on the cello. Now featured alongside the Bach Collegium Japan at Armstrong, for two vocal works, will be English soprano Joanne Lund. Miss Lund performs internationally and is most known for her work in the Baroque sphere Though she performs music from all style periods, including more contemporary English composers like Benjamin Britten and John Rutter, her discography includes appearing as soloist on albums like Handel's Messiah and Bach's Matthew's Passion. Her work on an album of St. John's Passion by J.S. Bach was even nominated for a Grammy Award. Her BBC Prom's debut was in 1999 with the Academy of Ancient Music. Miss Lund studied at the Royal College of Music in London, where she was awarded with its prestigious Tagore Gold Medal. We're hearing a live recording of Joanne Lund, actually with the Bach Collegium Japan here. This is Zerfries Mein Herze from Bach's St. John's Passion. The soprano is singing about her heart dissolving in tears at the death of her savior. That was Joanne Lunn, an English soprano known for her work in the Baroque style, and that was her performing the exquisitely melancholy aria from St. John's Passion by J.S. Bach, "Zerfließe Mein Herze. That was her singing live with the Bach Collegium Japan under Masaki Suzuki. Again, Ms. Lunn will be teaming up with the Bach Collegium Japan on Tuesday, December 4th at Armstrong Auditorium to sing two Baroque vocal works, a cantata by Francesco Bartolomeo Conti and a motet by George Friedrich Handel. Now, what's a cantata, and what's a motet? Well, we did talk about this in our first season of Music for Life, but here's a quick reminder. Cantata literally means to be sung, as opposed to the sonata, which means to sound. So whereas the sonata implied an instrumental work, cantata implies a vocal work. It came to be known as a work for soloist and or chorus, and orchestra or small ensemble, and it was designed to be performed in a smaller setting than an opera. The lyrics generally convey a single situation or a brief, non-complex narrative as opposed to a full-scale opera with several scenes and plots and richer character development. A motet is typically referred to as a multi-voice sacred work from the Renaissance or Baroque era, though in Handel's case, it is for a soloist. As we classify motets, the Handel that we're going to hear actually fits more into the mold of a cantata, but that's really just a semantic distinction, I suppose. These are two vocal works from the Baroque era featuring a single soloist, and let's talk about the conti first. Francesco Bartolomeo Conti was, as his name suggests, an Italian. He was a composer and mandolin virtuoso, and wrote the oldest known mandolin method book that has survived. He seems to have earned the respect of Handel and Bach, both of whom arranged pieces by him. He wrote operas, and his second and third wives were prominent sopranos of the day. And voice students may be interested to know that the famous Italian hit Il Mio Bel Fuoco though attributed to Benedetto Marcello, has now been identified as Conti's work. The cantata Languet Anima Mea is a 13 to 14 minute sacred work in five movements where the singer is declaring an unending passionate love for Christ, asking him to renew the spirit and increase the flame. Let's hear a little of this stirring work, the fourth and fifth movements. The first of these two is an exquisitely moving slow aria contrasted by a short and vivacious Alleluia movement. This is a recording by the Musica Antiqua Köln under Reinhard Goebel and featuring mezzo-soprano Magdalena Kozena. You are listening to Music for Life. I'm your host, Ryan Malone. This is KPCG. In today's episode, we are exploring the exquisite vocal repertoire that the Bach Collegium Japan will be performing at Armstrong Auditorium on December 4th when it teams up with soprano Joanne Lunn. We have also explored a concerto by Vivaldi to be performed on this program, but we just heard one of those vocal works, a cantata by Francesco Conti, Titled Languet Anima Mea. We heard a recording there by mezzo soprano Magdalena Kojena and the Musica Antiqua Köln under the direction of Reinhard Goebel. Again, Ms. Lan will be performing this work on December 4th with the Bach Collegium Japan, and she will also be featured in another vocal work, George Friedrich Handel's Silete Venti. In this episode, and in our previous one, I've tried to give a biographical sketch of some of these lesser-known Baroque composers to be featured on this program, but Handel is one of the more famous Baroque composers, and we've discussed him at length on previous episodes. Handel is best known for his oratorio Messiah, obviously, but he proved himself throughout his life as a genius when setting music for the voice. His Latin motet, Silete Venti, is no different. Though this motet is less than 30 minutes long, he begins the work with an orchestral introduction that he called Symphonia, and this behaves much like an overture would, which is an instrumental movement that would precede a grand vocal work like an opera or an oratorio. This Symphonia or overture, is in the French style of the day, where the first section is slower and full of what we call dotted rhythms, creating a stately effect. Then after this brief opening section, the orchestra takes off into a quick polyphonic section. Polyphonic meaning that different melodic material is happening simultaneously, basically. Before this overture-like movement has a chance to finish, though, Handel has the soprano enter with the title phrase, Silete Venti. She sings, silence ye winds, let your rustling leaves be still, for my soul rests in joy. This is just before she sings of her love for her savior. So let's hear the opening of this work. Again, it begins with the overture-like symphonia, but then the soprano seems to interrupt the overture before it can completely finish and we'll be listening to a recording of the American box Soloists with Mary Wilson's soprano. That was the incredible opening of Handel's Latin motet, Silete Venti, with the overture-like symphonia movement from the orchestra interrupted by the soprano soloist's declamatory entrance, telling the winds and rustling leaves to be still, for her soul rests in joy. After this, we have the aria where the soprano sings, Dulcis amor Jesu care, asking Jesus, Who could not love you? Pierce me, and if you hit, you do not wound, and your blows are like caresses. You can hear early hints of the kind of writing that would consume the arias in Handel's Oratorio Messiah. Let's hear this beautiful movement again in a recording by the American Box Soloists with soprano Mary Wilson. That was the aria Dulcis Amor Jesu Care from G.F. Handel's motet Silete Venti. We are exploring this work in the lead-up to its performance at Armstrong Auditorium on December 4th by the Bach Collegium Japan with soprano Joanne Lund. The recording we're hearing today is of the American Bach soloists with soprano Mary Wilson. The next two movements, which come just before the final movement, are comprised of a recitative and an aria. The short recitative says, O happy soul, O most blissful victory, O supreme joy, and then the text for the graceful aria translates to, Offer garlands, offer blossoms, crown me with your honors, extend the regal palm frond. Handel was a master at word painting, where the music sounds like what the text is describing. This is obvious throughout his oratorios like Messiah and Israel and Egypt, which we've discussed on this program before. But you'll really hear it in the middle section of this aria, where the words say something to the effect of, let the winds stir and let the blessed inhale the glorious breezes of heaven. In this section, the tempo changes starkly, and you'll hear the strings imitating winds and breezes as well as the quick coloratura passages from the soprano imitating those things as well. Enjoy. You are listening to Music for Life. I'm your host, Ryan Malone. This is KPCG. In today's episode, we have explored the exquisite vocal repertoire that the Bach Collegium Japan will be performing at Armstrong Auditorium on December 4th when it teams up with soprano Joanne Lunn. We have also explored a concerto by Vivaldi to be performed on this program, but we just heard a segment of one of these vocal works, a motet by Handel called Silete Venti. More information about this event and all Armstrong Auditorium events can be found at ArmstrongAuditorium.org. You can follow Armstrong on social media as well as this program at the handle at Music for Life. PCG. Now, we still have one more movement from this Handel work to listen to, and you might recognize this movement from a previous episode of Music for Life. Some may even recognize it as a piece performed at the groundbreaking ceremony for Armstrong Auditorium by my wife, soprano Paula Malone. It's a movement titled Alleluia, and Handel included this movement in his 1732 revision of the Oratorio Esther but it actually wasn't that uncommon for composers in that time period when there were no recording devices to recycle movements from one vocal work and then place them in another to give them more play. So though you may recognize this as part of Handel's Esther Oratorio, it came first in this motet from the mid-1720s. We'll conclude today's program by listening to this movement. Again, we've been hearing a recording of the American Bach soloists and Mary Wilson soprano. I hope you enjoy this sprightly Alleluia and I hope to see you soon at Armstrong.